0: to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries.
1: I know this girl. I know a girl. And
0: she works in a library. And she works... I can't remember it now. And
1: she works in the library. yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Oh, right. I'm just going to start my stopwatch righty home. No, <laughs> oh, my, hi to my, kia ora, and welcome to our Literary Lounge Lockdown Edition number two. Ineka and I are in separate locations, and I'm in my sunroom slash cave again. Um, kia ora, Inika. Now, where are you today, Inika? Well,
0: Alison, it might not surprise you to know that I'm back in the closet.
1: Oh, you're back in there, yeah. I'm back in there. Look, I think it was successful last time, Um, but I was glad to see that you you came out eventually. I mean, you've got (laughs) to come out for air at some stage, don't you?
0: Well, Um, that's right. That's right. We did say last time I was never going back in the closet, but, um, you know, these things happen.
1: Well, they they do, don't they? Um, And look, oh, boy, to be honest, do you know, I didn't think we'd be back here in lockdown actually no. to be really honest you, i th- i thought we'd beaten this thing but i guess like so many people i got complacent
0: yeah, I definitely got complacent. You know, I was going on the public buses and I was forgetting to sanitize when I got back into the office of all sorts. It's definitely yeah. come out of left field,
1: eh? It, it sure has. Yeah, this virus, it's a tricky little widget, isn't it? It sure is. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, so here we are again for our, our lockdown number two. Um, that's right. It's not really the novelty factor. This time, is there, no. That's right. No, and I miss, Mr. Um, miss, miss, I admit, I, I miss being with you in the in the flesh. But um, oh, me too. Time for that another another time. But now I do remember last time you were sort of talking quite. I was going to say you were bragging, but that's probably a bit mean. But <laughs> um, about your purple poof. Um, <laughs> yes. So I really wanted to tell you about mine today. I didn't know you had a purple peep. Yeah, well, look, it's it's quite a magnificent thing, actually. It's quite big and it has a, um, a lid that opens and it's got kind of a, a TARDIS Inside it, it's so big, and it's really good for storing things like blankets, so you can be then nice and cosy when you sit sit in the lounge room. Um, nice! So it's, I think you'd call it a multifunctional poof. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking yesterday, all it needs is an ice maker and a set of USB ports, and <laughs> you know, then we'd be looking at pouf perfection.
0: I I have no doubt a poof like that exists somewhere, right? Probably in America.
1: (laughs) Probably. Yeah. And if I was a man in America, it would probably have a barbecue on it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Just a fold-out one. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yes. Oh, goodness. Maybe that'll be poof version three. I'll I'll look forward to that one day. (laughs) Hey, but um, today... Let's talk about what we've been reading, and um, then we'll look at what's on our TBR lists. And I think we'll, we'll have time for a, a couple of hot tips. Nice. Um, hopefully, we'll have no visits from my elderly dog today. Um, she's in the kitchen having having some lunch, so um, it would be great if she was doing the, the dishes or something, but I'll um, oh, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no joy. Maybe another <laughs> lockdown. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the learning going in lockdown. Yeah. yeah well, my teenage great. sons have been banished to the lounge. Um, uh, it's a pretty small house, so it's actually not that far away. So I'm just hoping that they're reading nice and quietly
1: nice and while
0: great. we record. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. I hope they don't take up some martial arts training or something like that. <laughs> that's right. While you you're doing this. Well, look. Come um, tell me what you've been reading. Uh, anyway. oh.
0: Well. Um, The book that I read recently is called Night Boat to Tangier by Kevin Barry. Um, Kevin Barry is an Irish author. Um, He's quite prolific. Um, And this one by um, Kevin was on the 2019 Booker Longlist. Um, So Night Boat to Tangier is really about the effects of crime on the criminals and their loved ones and what happens when the crime, you know, all the heyday is Past, really, and the party is, is really over. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so in um, in Nightboat to Tangier, our two main characters are Mo- um, Maurice and Charlie, or Maurice probably, um, and they're, they're partners in crime really. When we meet them, they're washed up former drug dealers um, from Ireland and they're in their kind of late 40s so they're still kind of fancy themselves, still a little bit jack lad but they're really on the downhill <laughs> slope now. Um, they've had a really, um, lots of
1: hard living right yeah yeah as you do oh i was going to say as you do um not you i don't mean. <laughs> oh, yes, sure, yes. Sure. you're not yeah, a let's, let's, like let's that. say that yeah yeah so when
0: we meet them they're sitting at um sitting in a spanish ferry terminal in uh the port of algeciras um it's a region they know quite well because uh, in their former lives they were they were running the drugs and sh- shipments and transferring heroin on boats um, from North Africa, running it through Spain and then on to Ireland. Oh, right,
1: because it's a bit of a direct route, isn't it, I guess? Well, kind of, yeah. oh, kind of thing,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they have to be pretty canny to, to work the job, really, because um, there's quite a lot of logistics going on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but why they're there is they're actually looking for uh, Morris's estranged daughter, Dilly. They're trying to spot her. Um, she's, um, she's, they've been in contact with her for a long time, and they're trying to find her. So um, while they sit there, it's really a kind of a waiting for Godot sort oh. of set-up. Yeah, they're, um, they're getting slowly drunker at the, um, the ferry bar, mm. um, ferry terminal bar, and they're getting more nostalgic and melancholic, melancholic as they sit there, remembering the past or remembering Dilly as a child. And they're really there to try and make amends for their past wrongs um, there. Um, so when, when we meet them, while they're telling their stories, we're jumping back in time to around 1994, which was kind of the heyday of their, But um, so it's really the turning point of when they were making a lot of money and then it starts to kind of crumble, their empire starts to crumble. So we, um, we learn a bit about Morris's partner, Cynthia, who um, was often left by herself while they were off doing their deals. And um, Cynthia suffered from um, bouts of depression and she had recurring um, addiction issues. Um, so, you know, she's really tied up in the whole mess. Um, there's a bit, you know, bit of a drugged up love story going on. It's quite beautifully portrayed um, with lots of um, highs and lows. Really high, high highs, low lows. You know, um, so they they do get really cashed up. From the, they've really been successful in their career, such as it is. Um, and Morris and Cynthia um, have a baby, Dilly. And they decide that they're going to go straight and they decide to use some of their cash to purchase a clifftop um, piece of land and they decide they're going to develop it and make, make their fortune really and settle down and go straight. But um, the luck of the Irish is just not with them at all. And so the castles in the air start tumbling and both Cynthia and little Dilly get caught in the fallout of of what's, you know, what's happening around them. So really our two characters are... Uh, yeah, there's regret and there's also nostalgia for a time past and yeah.
1: Yeah. I notice that in um quite a bit of Irish writing that you get that melon they're good at melancholy. Uh, yeah.
0: Um yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's really got that. And it's got this that Beckett feel as well, with the um the dialogue has got no attribution, so You don't know who's speaking um, and there's no quote marks around it and so on. So some people like that and some people can't really handle that. But um, it is made a bit easier in this one because the characters are often speaking to each other and they're referring to each other by name quite a lot. So I think that always helps.
1: That can help, (laughs) can't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Otherwise, you've got to just kind of keep reading and hope that it and yeah. somehow, yeah, that yeah. can be difficult if you overthink it. Yeah, it?
0: Yeah, the characters are quite well um, quite well managed so that you can hear the voices very distinctly as two separate characters, which is good. You know, you need that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I must admit, I used to be a bit more into drug dealer stories than I am now. I used to be into the old transporting. Oh, and, I was thinking of that, yeah. You know, reading old the Donnie Brasco and things like mm. that, like that that memoir. Um, but I must admit, I get a bit... I'm a little bit more over it now. Um, it's main, a lot of it's to do with the, the women that are in the stories are often quite one-dimensional. Like they sort of become these wretched figures who get used as pot devices and get dragged through the mud um, of the story. Um, it was quite reasonably balanced, though, in terms of the way it, it did show the highs and the lows of that lifestyle. And they're definitely on a low at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, The writing is beautiful. Um, it's got that Irish vernacular going on it's got this real poetic um observation of the settings so you're getting the irish coastline you're getting um adventures in the spanish hills um organizing the drug deals you get um some there's a really amazing scene in a bar which is kind of like a slow motion violent sequence which i could really see in a movie setting
1: Mm. and it's
0: also got a bit of fairy magic And,
1: Ah, you know, sort
0: of a bit of fairy magic and and bad magic and curses and things like that. A bit of foreboding going on in there too. So lots of atmosphere, yeah.
1: It sounds wonderful. I think I'm going to look out for that and try and and read it. I love all of those um, ones that are set around the Irish coast and Uh, and sort of um, almost believe in fairies. Um, when you when you're in Ireland, don't you? I think so. No, I think so. Yeah. yeah, they they definitely put a little bit. of, They don't put stock in it at the beginning, but they certainly certainly start to. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. Thanks for that one because no um, it's a bit of a coincidence actually. Because I've been reading an Irish novel as well, and yeah. um oh, we right. We didn't plan this, did we? No, we, we didn't. didn't. Was quite funny. <laughs> and, um, but this one is set in Northern Ireland in mm-hmm. the past, um, and it's called uh, Where Are We Now by a writer called Glenn Patterson. Mm-hmm. Now, I hadn't read any of his other stuff um, earlier. He's written um, a few a few novels, and I think he's fairly well regarded um, as a a novelist and a storyteller. So um, this one, it's really quite a sweet book. Um, I don't think it's as disturbing as as the one that you've just talked about. Yeah. Um, Probably doesn't have the the highs and lows, I I guess. But it's um, quite moving and amusing. Um, And it's about, um, well, I was going to say it's about love and loss, but perhaps it's more like loss and love which I guess okay. is a bit more hopeful. Mm. But, um, also, you can really tell that it's, um, it's talking about a society that's still coming to terms with its experience of the decades of violence and mm-hmm. with the troubles that are, you know, you wonder if they're never quite over. Um, no. I guess. And in this one, um, the main character, a man called Herbie, um, he's lost his job and his wife's left him for, not only for a younger man, but to add insult to injury, she's left him for a a southerner. So someone from, and I think she's moved to Dublin. And I, you know, that, I think. That's cruel. cruel. I, I gather that would. You know, I imagine that would be really hard if you're from the north. Yeah. Um, it's probably like um, someone from Christchurch running off with an Aucklander or something. <laughs> isn't it? You know, oh, can you imagine? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Herbie's daughter has moved away. She's gone off to London in search of the better life. So he's, he's having a crisis. Um, he's losing his grasp really on life. Yeah. Um, and he's got to try and work out who he is so it's kind of like that classic existential crisis Mm -hmm. maybe the midlife um, crisis but the um, you can I found when I was reading it I could really hear that the northern Irish accent coming through and I'm afraid I can't do one on, on the <laughs> radio because I probably got it really wrong, but it's got that beautiful lilt that they oh, have. Oh, gorgeous! Yeah, um, and it's a it's a hopeful book. You know, it's um, there's a little bit of romance and and um, he finds new opportunities. Um, it's very sharply observed and it's um, quite amusing but touching as well. Um, but underneath his personal story, which. It's a mm. very nice sort of story to read. You really get the sense of Belfast that's haunted by its history. And mm. the, the, I'm not sure. You probably would have been to Belfast. I, I did. I not haven't either. yet. No. Oh, I I haven't. Haven't. Tell, me, tell me more. Yeah. Oh, it's great city but there's this huge presence really of the Titanic because you've got the shipyards yeah. right in the middle of things and so that plays a part in, in this novel and then of course with the Troubles as, as well so the murals that are um, all over the city and they're ah. on, on the sides of those terraced houses so, and they, so both the Titanic and the Troubles, they really cast such a long shadow and I I was sort of thinking, you know, that tragedies and and conflicts they kind of an imprint onto the DNA of a population, I guess. Well, that's think my right. feeling. And um, I'm sure it comes through in, in the Irish writing. They've I've got a lot of sympathy for them because they've had such a raw deal throughout history. Oh, but yes. that yeah. pain, um, I guess, comes really comes through in their music and, and their literature, Mm. So yeah, and um so I love this book. Um and in um while we're in lockdown too, I, I think with our state of heightened anxiety it's and I think you were thinking of saying something like this as well today, that um it's really good to read books that are just a bit mellow and and tender. Um, oh, so true. Yeah. We got kind of to take care of ourselves at this time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and um, you know these good writers, though, they I think it's quite a skill to write a really chilled out book. Um, I reckon that you know they've got a velvet glove, but there's kind of a firm hand inside that that glove because there's certainly beneath that narrative. Those good writers are telling you, they get you to think about things, don't they?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of weight behind it, hey?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so well,
0: that, that sounds really, very good.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, um, the next one that I wanted to talk to you about was, um, this is a non-fiction read and um, it's an essay collection. Um, called thick and other essays by Tessie McMillan Cotton, and it's Cotton with an M for mother, oh, rather right. Cotton, which okay. is how I originally wrote that. <laughs> yeah, <is>. yeah. <laughs> so you'll find this in the um, in the eight hundred section um, in peaceful essays. And um, Tessie McMillan Cotton is an associate professor of sociology at the University of North Carolina. Oh, okay. And um, her her essay collection. Thick. Um, now, thick. It, you might wonder what that's that's meaning. Um, so, thick is um, is a black slang for curvy in all the right places. Right, right. But um, yeah. it's also um, used in the book to describe um, the fact that this book is really thick with nuance and insight. So it's not a surface um, look at the issues that she's that she's talking about. It really goes very deep. Um, ad- um, uh, Tracy is also herself is quite um she's a beautifully built woman and um but she talks about um, body image in the book and about um, society's expectations of the way women should be shaped and particularly um, those intersections with race as well. Yes, kind of interesting. Yeah, Um, it's a really quite a concise book, Um, short one again. (laughs) It seems we are going for short but Ah. really well brushed at the moment. Yeah. It's deeply considered, though. It's very intelligent and insightful look at um, a black womanhood in America. Um, I was on the list for this for quite a while. Um, it is a book that's come up a lot in um, conversations around Black Lives Matter and about reading um, black perspectives. So um, there might be a bit of a wait for this one, but I would definitely suggest getting in the queue. Um, it looks at it from both a sociological and academic standpoint, but it also looks at those issues um, with these really sort of unflinching personal experiences of the author and other women in, the, in her circles. Um, so, and the the two two ways of looking at are really well interwoven. Um, some of the subjects she covers are, are maternal healthcare disparity, the uh-huh. beauty standards, as I said before. She looks at um, status expertise and competence and how those are sort of um, conferred and conveyed and how they can be denied Mm. as well. She looks at crime and punishment. Um, Yeah, so these are heavy subjects. um, Really, really interesting um, look at them and it definitely pulled no punches. I would absolutely um, jump on for this one. you really
1: sounds really, really worth cool. reading yeah. yeah I love um looking in the browsing in the 800s when I'm in a, a library so that's mm. that, that literature section and, and it's amazing what you can find sort of the essays and then poetry humor plays you name it's it great, it's eh? there, it's
0: yeah it's really good
1: yeah oh that sounds wonderful I'd um, if we had time I'd Really like to talk more about that book, but I'm going to look out for that. So cool! Wow, that that sounds great. Well, look, come um, perhaps from um, f- something completely different. There's uh-huh. one that I'm <clears throat> reading at the moment. I haven't finished it, but I'm loving it. And um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me once again I've got the old frog in the throat. (laughs) I suppose it's better than the dog walking into the room though, isn't it? Better Um, than the dog in the throat, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, So I've been reading um, this great, absolute page turner and it's from a new voice in literature Mm -hmm. and his the author's name is Ali Aragi and he's written this fabulous book called The Immortals of Tehran Mm. now um, Ali Aragi, I gather he lives in the United States now, Um, he is um, a literary academic and he did his PhD I think in a smallish university in Indiana of all okay. places. Um, I'm not exactly sure where in the States he's living at the moment, but he sounds like an interesting chap. Um, so now this one, The Immortals of Tehran, it's a, a family saga and it's set in Iran um, in those years between World War II and the Islamic Revolution, which was in 1979. Mm-hmm. But um, such a crucial time in Iranian history um, in that that period. But um, now, I didn't realize when I picked this up, but this is a book of magical realism. Oh, yeah. You know, to be honest, you might know this about me, but I've never been a a real fan of magic realism. (laughs) And I use that as a criticism of myself. It's something (laughs) I can, I believe, in my own reading DNA and my makeup because um, <laughs> I know that um, by avoiding magic realism I miss out on some really awesome literature so I'm kind of glad I didn't know that this uh, was like that um, the realization kind of crept up on me and um maybe it was that was a, best then I think it was good actually yeah so um the main character um a young boy called Ahmed um he's got a great 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 grandfather called <laughs> Aga this was the clue um and, and Aga is the patriarch of a wonderful, vibrant, sort of loud, happy and sad family. Mm-hmm. And so when I was reading about Aga, um, who actually spends his days drinking tea in the family orchard, wouldn't, Gorgeous. Mind, wouldn't mind doing wow. that itself. And I found myself thinking, well, hang on a minute, some you know, you could have a great-grandparent, maybe <laughs> <laughs> at a pinch a great-great-grandparent, but no, not a four-greats parent <laughs> okay, it's that's that's and, a few grades too many right yeah and I went no I'm reading fantasy oh no <laughs> but um it was like making me eat vegetables um, <laughs> oh, about I, it was too late I got hooked on it by by stealth so um it's but I'm loving it it's um the, as I say it's about a family it's Full of sights and sounds and smells of of rural life, sort of just outside Tehran, and Mm -hmm. through the good times and the bad, the weddings, funerals, other rituals. Um, I'm as I say, I'm loving it, and um, he's a good, good writer, so another fantastic, another new voice. Um, I'm loving. the the writers that we've got coming through so so many
0: great debut novels coming through through. amazing
1: hey highly recommended yeah Yeah, well I've got
0: one um which I've only just started so I'm going to put this on my TBR list for today so um I've been reading um just started reading Real Life by Brandon Taylor
1: oh Um, yes
0: now I've been reading about this one yeah, now this, this one has made the long list for the 2020 Man Booker. Oh, that's so why I was
1: reading it. Yes. Yeah, that right. came out, yes. what,
0: like a month ago or yeah. maybe three weeks ago or something? Yeah. So um, this is again a debut novel and um, the it is Wallace, who is a young, black, queer biochemist from Alabama. And he's working on a research project over the summer. Um, and the book is about his relationships with his colleagues. And most of them are also gay, but um, they're white and they're wealthy, pretty privileged. So it's about him kind of navigating um, in this white world, really, and kind of having to create create a persona that he's not um, really comfortable with. So he keeps having to kind of code switch throughout his time. Um, working with them, and both in their the professional life and the personal life. Um, now, I am just quite quite early in, in the book, but he's he started having a relationship with one of his um, friends in the group who is straight ostensibly. So he's but he started having an intimate relationship with him. So I'm yet to find out what happens with that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Brandon Taylor is a graduate of the Iowa Writers Workshop.
1: Oh, yes, which yeah. is a famous one, isn't it? Very yeah. famous. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So this is probably the top writing um, uh, graduate school in, in the US. And yeah. you, you'll you be really familiar, of course, with a lot of its famous alumni, including Anne Patchett, um, Hajin, uh, Jean-Paul Ahiri, uh, Alice Siebold. Oh, there's heaps. There's, there's so just many. Masses of them, aren't there? Yes. Yeah, John what? Irving, all sorts. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the writing is absolutely beautiful, as you would expect. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's on the longest for the bookers, So, if you like following those awards, go for it.
1: Yeah, that would be one to get your name on the list for, wouldn't it? The, yeah. the, yes, when I read about it just a few weeks ago, I thought, oh, I, I know I'll love this too. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I'll have to pass it on to you. I, it's a pretty short read again, so maybe I can pass it to you before, um, before my time comes up. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'd love to, if we get the chance
1: to actually... Oh. That's a good point, in, yeah. In, in person. So, look, I think we've probably got time for the odd um, tip or, or trick um, just before we finish today. Gosh, our session's gone quickly, hasn't it? So um, I saw a great tip um, online last night, and it was just a really simple one, and it was about multitasking. And this tip, um, I think it was on Reddit that I saw this, but it said, <laughs> you know how knitting and, and baking have become so popular this year particularly oh, yeah. during, during lockdown We're saying look just put on an audio book download your e-audio and then or a podcast and then get knitting make some woolly jumpers or some some cakes <laughs> or something like that and um look you you're achieving so much it's a good way to keep your spirits up i guess
0: that's right and keep you keep your mind on something else right yeah that's yeah. right yeah this is so true well, um, my tip is kind of on the on the lockdown line too. My tip for this lockdown, Lockdown 2.0, is don't stop reading. Oh, um, yes. Take it from, from an expert. Um, last time we went into lockdown, I kind of stopped reading. I was in a bit of a state of shock and paralysis and um, I just kept going over the same page over and over again and I just had to... Had to um, and by then, I was actually in a bit of a holding pattern. So um, it was really hard for me to get going and again. You might remember that I ended up going for some teen fiction and some short stories That's and things right. like that to get me over the hump. So this lockdown, just keep reading, everybody. Keep reading whatever you've got around you. Um, do remember we've got our, all our e-books and e books on Overdrive, the magazines, e-magazines, all sorts of stuff. Maybe you might want to try um, Overdrive's list of cozies. And if you haven't read a cozy before, these are sort of mild-mannered mysteries, low on the sex, low on the violence, and... Perfect for trying time. Bye, thanks. So you'll find a wonderful list curated in our uh, right now if you want to jump in and get grab a cozy.
1: Yep, sounds good. And they've often got a happy ending, don't they, those ones? They can be really good for these times. Well, speaking of happy endings, um, (laughs) just before we say goodbye, um, just a reminder to the listeners that the books mentioned today will be listed on our show notes um, on the Auckland Library's blog and the web addresses for all of these things are going to come up in a second, in our closing music. So next time you hear from us, we might still be in lockdown and broadcasting from home. We just don't know yet, do we? So um, I'm going to keep my sunroom pretty layered up with with towels and and poofs and everything. Um, <laughs> Good plan. So stay well, everyone. Kia kaha, um, and hopefully in a co I'll see you in the flesh before too long. But I hope so too, Alison. Thanks for having me anyway. This has been great. I've really enjoyed it. so look bye for now, stay well everyone. Happy reading, Hi Divar and Kaki day. Was brought to you
0: by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at Aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35 p.m. on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond.
1: Every